It's Window Nation's semi-annual sale, and it's a big deal. Right now, get 50% off all windows along with no interest for five years plus bonus savings when you schedule a consult today. If your windows leak, get foggy or hot, or you're paying high utility bills, that's a big deal. With Window Nation's semi-annual sale, you can replace your windows and save a big deal, too. Schedule a no-obligation in-home estimate now. Call 866-90NATION or visit windownation.com. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You're listening to the Go Birds Pod, a Radio.com podcast about your beloved birds. Welcome on into the 56th. Still can't believe that there's been 56 episodes of the Counterpoint Podcast, aka the Chris Long episode, aka Mr. America, aka Super Bowl champion, aka has he been on the field since week two? That's right. We're starting. We're calling out people early in this podcast because the Counterpoint Podcast is significantly suffering with the Eagles being, frankly, ass. It's not great. Anyway. It's a Counterpoint Podcast brought to you by the Go Birds Pod or the GBS Pod, like we call it, here on Counterpoint. Today, we have Jack's Rundown. A lot of people are jeopardizing this season. A lot of people. And last year, I thought it was Camus Grugier Hill, but turned out being wrong. Now, there's a lot of other people that are jeopardizing the season, and we got to stop it now because before it gets out of hand, we have to let these guys know that they are jeopardizing the season right now. And it's going to start with me. We'll get to that in a second. I also have a weird vision of Doug in London because he's our dad. You know how dads get on vacation. So we'll talk about that. We have a little Jaguars counterpoint. We have the counterpoint mailbag. And what's the line saying? Like I might just scrap what's the line saying because I've been so trash at it. Like last year, I had a good feel for the lines. It also helped that the Eagles were dominant. Um, I, I don't know. I, just haven't, I, haven't, I haven't really seen the light with a lot of lines this season. But hopefully we can get on the right track. Because I, I like the line this week, even though the public is you know, betting on the Eagles, which isn't great. But let's get to who is jeopardizing the season. And first, I'm going to start with myself. So um, as we talked about last week, last week did not go to the tailgate uh, because – like, I hate having to go to the tailgate and then hang out with a bunch of frauds. And then, like, there's a bunch of traffic. I'm worried I'm not going to get back in time for the game start. I don't want to miss the beginning of the game. I don't really like watching on DVR and then getting caught up. Um, I like being able to, you know, watch live, tweet live. You got to get fire tweets out. How am I supposed to get fire tweets out if I'm, if I'm, if it's on DVR? Like, it just, it just, it cuts back on my ability to get out fire. And, so what I ended up doing, I did find, so 
I have not seen uh, my uh, Jill's sister's new baby yet, and it's like a month old. So like the whole family is like mad at me for not seeing the baby yet, and I'm just like, listen, the kid doesn't even know who I am yet. The kid, like, relax, okay? I'll see the kid eventually. Someone's got to work here. Someone's got to put out counterpoint. Someone has to worry about a three and four football team. Sorry, I can't be worried about seeing your baby. Like, I, it's just disrespectful that people don't understand uh, what it's like uh, when when a season is in turmoil. Like, sorry, I don't have time to go see the baby. Anyway, I saw the baby on Sunday. We went over to their place and watched the watched the baby while um, they were down watching the Eagles game um, at the link because they're because one of their best friends, the left guard for was the left guard for the Panthers. And honestly, I was watching the left guard for the Panthers, Greg Van Roten, and I was hoping he's getting his ass blown up all game. I don't care. Like, I, I, I would rather see the Eagles win than your friend play well. That, that was what I was... I didn't want to publicize that when I was over at their house, but that's exactly what I was thinking inside. Anyway, so... Um, first three quarters, I'm sitting there in my Phillies gear, and the Eagles are just absolutely rolling. Like looking like the old Eagles. I was getting cocky. I was getting ready to, to, to record an emergency counterpoint saying the Eagles are back. Um, and, then I, and then I stood up. I made the mistake of standing up. And I started, I started roaming around. Kind of, I, got, I got complacent. And I started roaming around. Um, and then by the time the, the, the Panthers started making their comeback, I was like, well, I can't sit back down because then I'm just, it's, it's reversing all the good stuff I brought to that spot. I'm going to stay standing. And hopefully they can pull out a win here. And then all hell breaks loose. Once again, fourth and fucking ten. And and Cam is pulling out his bullshit, which I hate when Cam does his bullshit against the Eagles. I said it last week. I'll say it again. Him and Zeke are the two most frustrating players to go against when they get rolling because they're just so cocky and it just makes me want to stop them. But of course... Our soft-ass prevent conservative shorts. Just couldn't do it. It's it, it, I, Jim Schwartz is on my personal hot seat. I know the offense has been more of the problem. But, like, that guy with the soft coverage and, like, no aggression. And, like, ah. I, 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 it, makes, it makes me very mad. Anyway, so whole collapse happens. And I'm, I didn't move back to the spot. I, I, I just I feel like I got to go into the trust tree and say, hand up. That one's on me. Uh, that one's definitely on me. I should have gotten back into the spot. I was worried that if I got back into the spot, they would just, I don't know. I don't know what I was thinking. I was i was discombobulated. I was watching with Jill's parents. And, like, like I, I couldn't get into mojo. I couldn't really be myself. I, was, I just felt out of sync. And when they lost, like, I haven't watched a sporting event with Jill's parents in a while. Actually, it's been exactly seven years. Because the last time I watched the Phillies at sporting event with Jill's parents. Uh, it was the 2011 NLDS when they lost to the when the Phillies lost to the Cardinals, and I and I and I walked out of the house, didn't say a word, uh, walked out, <laughs> walked outside, dropped the loudest f bomb I've ever dropped in my life, and then drove home, pretty much crying. Uh, that was the last time I've watched a sporting event until Sunday, which coincided with another Eagles, another Philadelphia sports loss, another brutal Philadelphia sports loss. So. Some of the, two of the worst losses of my life have been in the company of Jill's parents. So with that being said, I am never watching a sporting event with Jill's parents again. So um, I, after they lost, I went outside and didn't say a word to anyone and just sat there on like a on like one of those swinging rocking chair kind of things. 
and was basically just looking at the sun, hoping that it would just gouge my eyes out. Uh, it was the first. It was the first time really this season where it felt like the old Eagles were back, and I was not ready for the old Eagles to be back. I don't want them back in my life at all. I thought this was the new norm, but it was back to the old ways on Sunday. So hand up on me, first person who jeopardized the 2018 Eagles season is me. I've been all over the place. I haven't been locked into a spot. I wasn't in my spot where they blew at the Giants. It's on me. So far this season, a lot of people are throwing out blame. Is it Schwartz? Is it Peterson? Is it Carson for some reason? Is it Howie? It's Fritz. It's Fritz. I hate, I hate to be the guy, but you know someone's got to be held accountable, and that person is me. All right. Doug is also jeopardizing the season. I don't want to let myself off the hook, but I'm also not going to let Doug off the hook. Because Doug had it all figured out. He had it all figured out. And it was the fucking glasses. And he didn't come out with the glasses. And he jeopardized the season. He didn't go glasses, Doug. I mean, we talk about on this podcast how you have to change your superstitions up until you find what's working for you. I found it last week. And I messed it up. Doug found it last week. He messed it up. So listen, Doug, put those fucking glasses back on and get your ass out in London and figure it out. Because we had it all figured out. We knew what we were doing. And the fact that you 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 jeopardized the season again by not pulling out the glasses just shows that you don't care about the 2018 Eagles, Doug. So put the glasses on. And go win a ball game, for Christ's sake. Also, if you really have big balls, Doug, you will only run the ball against against the Jaguars. Only running the ball. That's all that matters. Apparently, that's all that matters. Carson was 30 of 37, moving the ball efficiently. Nope. Eagles would have won if he would have run the ball. So run the ball, Doug. If you really have big balls, you really have big balls coach, you would run the ball and say, hey, Dipshits. I know what I'm doing. Anyway, whatever. Malcolm Jenkins, you are also jeopardizing the season. Because how it's like like you you couldn't you couldn't just wait until after you beat Blake Bortles to 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 come out and say, I could turn on the tape the tape of the Jaguars and be and, and see that Colin Kaepernick deserves a job. Like, I'm all for everything you're doing. I love you, Malcolm. But like this is just, this is, you're giving them bulletin board material. And if I know the Eagles, like I know my Eagles, like last season was obviously an aberration. If I know the true Philadelphia Eagles, the Philadelphia Eagles that let me down for my entire life, we all know what's going to happen on Sunday, don't we? Blake Bortles, who fucking sucks, but is only good over in London, is going to come out and absolutely fucking torture us. Because Malcolm just has to come out and say, I can put on tape of the Jaguars and see why Colin Kaepernick doesn't. Like uh, that thing. You're just, you're just setting yourself up for failure. You're setting yourself like old takes exposed. Cannot wait to retweet that fucking tweet. Like you, you of all the people have jeopardized this season the most. In what is the most important game of this season, Malcolm, you come out and you give a dead team motivation. I am very upset with you. 
Like, make this comment on Monday. Make this comment on Sunday after you win. Don't give them bulletin board material. What are you thinking? I don't know what you're thinking. But I really wish you didn't do it because now Bortles is going to throw for like 350 and miraculously light up our defense. Mad at you, Malcolm. You jeopardized the season. Carson, you jeopardized the season as soon as you got a gape tattooed on you. It's a bad tattoo. I wish you didn't do it. And you jeopardized the season as soon as you did that. Now, Carson, this is speaking directly to you. If it's a close game in the fourth quarter, or if you need a drive to win the game, can you please just do it so we can stop with this fucking Carson isn't clutch thing? Like, Carson doesn't have a clutch gene. Listen, man, Carson's had a clutch gene ever since that Ravens game in his rookie year. Like, Carson Wentz is a winner. Does he sometimes go for the home run instead of just taking the single? Yes, he does that. But you know what? He's going to learn. He's in his third year. I understand he's 25. Like, But he's going to learn how to win close games. Like, It just takes a little while to, to figure it out. Carson... I don't want to hear anything else about you not having a clutch gene. I cannot take it. Every time I hear someone say Carson Wentz isn't clutch or Nick Foles would have won that game or anything, it makes me want to drive off a fucking bridge. So, Carson, please, for the love of God, if you need a drive to win a game, can you just do it so I don't have to hear these stupid narratives anymore? Because it's 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 nauseating. It's absolutely nauseating. And finally, Howie... You are jeopardizing the season because everyone's waiting for you to make a move and you just haven't done it. I'm getting bored. I need Howie strokes. I, I like Howie every day I wake up. And I know like we're reading first names here. I'm speaking directly to Howie Roseman because he's a big fan of the podcast. Howie, I'm looking directly at you. Okay. We need Howie strokes. We need we need something to jumpstart this thing. And if you don't get a, a move done after we beat the Jaguars on Sunday... I, you know, is I don't even know what we're doing here anymore. So, listen, you, you came out with the beard. I thought when you're coming out with the beard that it was game over. Like, you were going to trade Foles or something. He just haven't done it. He just haven't done it. Everyone's jeopardizing the season. Started with me. But there's others that are also, also jeopardizing it. And we just had to call them out. Just had to do it. So, I had this weird vision this morning of... Like thinking about <laughs> Doug walking around London and like Doug, as we've talked about many times in this podcast, is pretty much basically our dad. Like Doug Peterson is collectively all of the Delaware Valley's dad. And I envision Doug being a tourist. Like I, I just envision like white New Balances, um, like tucked in T-shirt with like cargo pants Maybe wearing a visor? I don't know. Like, if Doug wears a visor while being, while walking around London, like, that is such a dad move. But it also, like, it wouldn't, I wouldn't put it past me. And, like, I could just, I have this weird vision of Doug looking at Big Ben and just saying to himself, or, like, he'll say to his kids who are probably, like, on their phone not even paying attention to what uh, dad Doug is saying. Uh, and he's probably just like, gosh, there's Big Ben. Like, it's saying, like, gosh a lot. And also, like, being afraid to bump into any local people because he doesn't want to look like the prototypical American tourist. Like, I feel like I feel like Europeans, they can pick out an American tourist 
quicker than just about anything. And it's mostly because we're usually larger than uh, than most Europeans, and we're usually louder, and we're usually like doing something that's very dumb. And I feel like Taurus Doug or Taurus Dad Doug is doing like everything in his power not to look like the prototypical American, even though uh, he just looks like the most prototypical like American tourist. And I could see him just like like I don't know, man. Like maybe like a one of those belts. <laughs> fanny packs with 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 a first aid kit in it like <laughs> i could just imagine taurus doug uh just 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 absolutely not only embarrassing his kids but like trying to trying to be cool with like the british people and maybe like breaking out a british accent for no reason um only to only to get a smug look from from british people and then trying to talk like soccer with him, even though he's a football coach. And like, I don't know, like the, the idea of Doug looking at Big Ben and saying, gosh, there's Big Ben. Like, I can't get it out of my head. So um, if there's if you're if you're over in London or if you're Neil Dutton or you are you are a, a you are you are a European NFL fan and you are a listener of this podcast and you see Doug walking around in public, I don't want you to go up and say hi. I just want you to videotape him looking at everything in like a bewildered gosh look. Because that's how I envision my version of Doug Peterson over in Europe. All right, let's do a little Jaguars, uh, a Jaguars counterpoint. Um, quickly becoming my favorite segment, even though it would be so much better if the Eagles were better. Because um, I just love talking shit. But we can't do it because they're three and four, which is frustrating. Anyway, um, Doug Marone is is closer to owning a bar in Delco than he is winning a Super Bowl. Like whenever I look at Doug Marone, like Doug Marone looks like he just pound shots and beers and looks like a like looks like a bar owner. It looks like he would own a little dive bar in Delco and would have like friends named Sully or stuff like that. I don't like I think I think once Marone is out of the league in like three years, his next path is going to be moving up to Philadelphia and and opening up a dive bar in Delco because I don't see another career path for him. He looks he just looks too much like a a a, a, a bar owner. Also, the Jaguars defense. The reason why they're not good this year is because Paul Puzlesny retired, and I don't like Penn State at all, but I love Paul Puzlesny, and honestly, I always forgot he was on the Jaguars until. Apparently, he retired last year, and pretty good player. Pretty good player. Um, and that's why the Jaguars' defense is completely falling apart. Also, uh, you're never going to win a Super Bowl with teal as one of your main colors because teal is an embarrassment, and no sports team can ever win with flashy jerseys in the NFL. That's just a fact, Jack. And Blake Bortles. So not only – like I feel like, like – I don't know who taught Blake Bortles how to throw a football, but I, I I am convinced that I could throw a better football than Blake Bortles. I may not have a stronger arm than Blake Bortles, but at least I know how to throw a football. Like Every time Blake Bortles throws the ball, I just feel like he just shit his pants. Like, I feel like he just shit his pants mid-throw because it is so ugly. And it doesn't make any sense how he was like a top five pick with how shitty his mechanics are. They don't even they don't make any sense. He has no touch. 
He is so shitty. And I just can't believe, I can't believe that the Jaguars looked at Blake Bortles and said to ourselves, we have a Super Bowl roster here. Let's give Blake Bortles more money. Like, there's so many other things you could have done with that. Like, go get someone else to play quarterback. And maybe don't draft Leonard Fournette number four overall. I understand, like, Leonard Fournette's a, a great prospect. But you drafted, like, a you drafted a running back who, like, these are in the same category as Saquon or Zeke. Now he's hurt all the time. Like, imagine if they took, like, Pat Mahomes or something. Like, there were so many other options there. Rather than taking Leonard Fournette. In this economy, it makes no sense. It makes no sense. Blake Bortles, like, you didn't have to pay him more money to be as shitty as he is. That's where that's where I draw the line. Like, you didn't have to pay him to be as shitty as he is. And frankly, whoever taught him to, to, to throw a football should be fired. Because it looks like he, he is taking a shit every single time he throws it. It doesn't make any sense to me. It's so bad. Let's get into the CounterPoint Mailbag, which you can always email at CounterPointMailbag at gmail.com so first one from richard lopez should i quit my job i have a situation i think you can help me out with because of my job i have often found myself having to be away from home on sundays thankfully i've been able to watch the games on my phone with nfl sunday ticket the issue here is that the birds are 0-4 when i'm away from home and 3-0 when i'm at home in fact i started watching the panthers game at home and had to leave for work right at the start of the fourth quarter we all know how it happened there as a faithful member of the trust tree, I can't help but think that the Eagles record depends solely on my, on me being home or not. I love my job. I really do. But do you think it's time I quit? Thanks in advance, Richard. Richard, um, I don't want to give you life advice, but uh, if you want the Eagles to ever win another game again, I think it's time to quit. I think it's time to 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 move on from your job. I, I understand that you, you had a successful career. You you, you probably had a success, I'm guessing you had a successful career. Um, but I think it's time that you moved on from from what you're doing. And it says in your it says in your email here. Well, your email is it's Berkeley. Dot yeah. So like you work at Berkeley. I think it's time to move on from Berkeley. Is that even a good good music school? Uh, I don't think I don't think it's that great. I think it's time to move on, Richard. Honestly, like, sure, Berkeley. It's a it's an okay music school at best, I would say. Um, but if you ever want the Eagles to win again, I think it's time to move on. Honestly, um, I feel the same way. They've won one game when I'm in my spot and and with my Phillies gear on, watching at home, and uh, I it's it's been depressing. It's been depressing. I've been I've been jumbled around too much. I've been moving around. I haven't been. The Eagles have not been at the forefront of my mind. I'm, I'm with you, Richard. We're we are both in this trust tree together, but that's why the trust tree is here. From Matthew Rydberg. Hey, Jack, new listener, longtime Eagles fan. I'm shocked that there's new listeners to the Counterpoint podcast. Like I I envision everyone that listens to Counterpoint listen from the first episode on. And I'm, it's crazy that new people listen and. S- pick up on the jokes i like it it's good um i'm from minnesota and currently live south of the twin cities i've been an eagles fan ever since the 2004 season and that super bowl run with McNabb. i was only nine years old at the time but i knew i'd found my team i haven't missed a game on tv since 2012 i have been to every game here in minnesota and kansas city since 2008 my first game was when the eagles shit on Tavares jackson that playoff game in 2008 i still remember that beautiful pick six by asante samuel i plan on going to link this this december for the cowboys game i have never broke my diseased eagles fandom 
Um, even when my grandparents tried to guilt me into cheering for the Vikings in last season's NFC Championship game. Viking fans are so fair weather that they don't understand what it means to be an Eagles fan. I'm still rocking my Foles jersey from his first year and wore it during the Super Bowl. Please let me into the trust tree. I need to rub it in my Vikings family that I'm now a certified Eagles fan. Thanks, Matt. Matt, you are 100% in the trust tree. Uh, welcome in, buddy. The fact that the fact that you you said no to your grandparents says a lot because like saying no to, to to grandma and granddad, it's like I feel bad when you have to do it. Uh, it's just like it's like you know I love you. And you're guilting me to do this. And saying no to grandparents, I think, is one of the hardest things to do in the entire world. And the fact that you did that, however they try to guilt you into, into rooting for the Vikings, that says a lot about you, Matt. This says a lot about the gumption that you have inside of you. I like it. Mad respect. And thank you for listening to the CounterPoint Podcast, who some say is the most important podcast. From Randy Harn. What's up, Jack? I love Howie Roseman, but I believe he really didn't think the roster through when it comes to older guys like Peters, Wallace, and Graham. Now, I think we're really uh, feeling the effects of these moves. Here's what I would do. Trade two first to the New Orleans, two New Orleans for Sean Payton, then win the Super Bowl with two huge nutted head coach, then, then, then trade Payton to Dallas for seven straight full draft classes with Jason Garrett as like a compensatory pick. Then we start Garrett at running back, and when we, we inevitably becomes a pro bowler, we trade him back to Dallas for seven more future draft classes. And it's safe to say we can fix this roster. I hope this gives light on how we should do since he's listening, and he may be the one writing this email. Thanks, Jack. By the way, how he says go birds to everyone, so go birds. Wow. Unbelievable that Howie Rosen listens to this podcast. Also, um, obviously that email I think was a little far-fetched. I don't know if Jason Garrett can turn into a Pro Bowl running back for the Eagles, but we'll see. Um, you know, people rip him for – people are, like, being unfair with the Mike Wallace signing. Like, Mike Wallace is, is better than Torrey Smith, and it's not his fault that he messed up his ankle. Like, sorry. Like, he's better than Torrey Smith. That's just unlucky. Um, from Ryan Jones, hey, Jack, I've been watching uh, – I have been watching Eagles games every Thursday, Sunday, or Monday with my father for the last 20 years. It's tradition. I'm only 21. I bleed Eagles green. This year, it has been a struggle. In 2016, when Doug was hired as head coach, my father remarked numerous times that he was going to be far worse than Chip Kelly ever was. After a 7-9 season, I thought there may be a merit to this. Last year, though, St. Doug pulled through, and my father and I both thought he deserved coach of the year. But again this year, as our beloved Bird struggle again, he thinks Doug is a terrible head coach, and Jim and Mike should get fired with him. The ultimate question is... Is my father crazy? How much of this loyalty lies with the coaching staff and how much with personnel and injuries? Yours in Philly loyalty, Ryan. Well, Ryan, I don't know. Your dad sounds like every single caller in the WIP. <laughs> so, like, I understand these fans are out there. But I don't understand how how one season after they win the Super Bowl, it's like, well, this guy, you know, <laughs> doesn't know what he's doing. Like, I, I think I think Doug was affected by the losses of, of John DiFilippo and, and Frank Reich. Um, and I think that he needs to hire a more experienced guy onto the staff at some point next year. Um, but to, to, to say one year after the Super Bowl that he's a, a terrible head coach is a little bit much. So, yes, your, your father is crazy, but he's also just an Eagles fan. So we kind of live with those people. It's okay. We, we, won't, we won't put him down. We'll not put him down effectively. I don't want you to put your father down, Ryan. But um, we live with those people. Those people exist. It's also the same person. Like, I can see your dad... Like, Ryan, I I don't want to scare you, but I bet your dad also thinks that Nick Foles is, should maybe consider, they should consider starting Nick Foles over Carson Wentz because Carson didn't come through in the fourth quarter last last week. Um, from Steven, 
No, he put he put the he put the the pronunciation in there. Katsapoulos, Stephen Katsapoulos. Uh, my question for you is: How big were the losses of Wallace and Ajayi this season? Also, if, if also if we had them up to this point, do you think we'd have the same amount of wins or more or less? Thanks, Jack. I think we'd have more wins, and I think the loss of Wallace, especially because he had to play with Nick Foles and not Carson Wentz, um, hurt a lot. Because if you look at if you look at Torrey Smith and what he brought to the team last year, he brought the deep threat, and even though he wasn't great, um, he was able to stretch the field. And Mike Wallace can obviously stretch the field; that's what he's great at. He was also a really good slant receiver with the with the Ravens, and I wish that he was able to realize that full potential here. Anyway, um, I think Wallace would have helped a lot because it would have it would have taken the top off the defense, and then Nelson would have been able to eat underneath. And what they keep doing with Nelson, which is super frustrating, is they give him like these these like jet sweeps. They keep running these fake jet sweeps with him, or they give him the ball. And honestly, it's like watching Demarco Murray. Um, <laughs> Like every single first play of the drive, a little wheel route that Chip would throw fucking DeMarco the ball. Like that's what I'm getting at with the with the Aguilar um, fake jet sweeps or him getting the ball in the backfield. Um, but I think if Wallace was here, then then Nelson would have a better time kind of operating in the middle of the field and would have actually been looking like a, a good receiver again rather than looking back to 2016 Aguilar. So yes, I think the loss of Michael Loss is a big deal. Also, J.H.I.E., like... Um, I think people uh, anointed Corey Clement a little fast. Um, I know I loved Corey because of the undraftedness of him, but he's also a fraud. And um, and Wendell Smallwood sucks. Like I refuse to believe that Wendell Smallwood is anything but an aberration. And Jhi would help the Eagles in the fourth quarter, run the ball, and and drain the clock, and go for sustained drives. Like I think they, I think they win more games if Jhi was healthy. I agree with you. That was like some serious football. You guys okay? Like, are you, are, you, are you listening to this podcast being like, what the fuck was that? I know. I'm sorry. Sometimes like, sometimes we got to talk real for a second. Um, from Brian Seville. Hey, Jack, I think at this point it's safe to, safe to assume that Bell and Peterson are off the table in terms of players the Eagles would acquire. Unless, of course, Cocky Howie pulls his puppet master strings, of course. Uh, assuming there are no longer options, rank the following players who have been mentioning and mentioned in multiple reports in terms of who do you want the most and what do you want to give for them, if anything, also, who are some dark horse names you think the Eagles could acquire that nobody's talking about? Okay. Gary and Conley, uh, obviously they were, I don't, this is a lot of names to rank, so I don't want to bore people, but we'll, I'll run through your names and say, see the uh, likelihood. Anyway, Gary and Conley, uh, obviously they had a bunch of pre-draft interest in him. Um, he's been okay for Oakland. I don't know. I don't. I think. I think the next name you name is actually a more interesting name. And Carl Joseph. Um, I think Carl Joseph is a good name. Um, great safety name too. Honestly, if we're talking about like the Jack Fritz name test, I always love the name Carl Joseph. I thought it was just a dope name. Um, I think he would obviously help with McLeod, and I think it just let everyone s- settle back into their roles a little bit. Even though I think Avante Maddox has done a good job, I just think it would benefit from having a, a more experienced guy back there. Joris Jenkins not happening. Too big of a cap hit. Bigger cap hit than Patrick Peterson. Um, so I don't see that happening. Shady, no, I don't want Shady. Uh, he's already hurt again. And I think they've give, they'd have to give up a pretty high pick for him, so no interest. Deshaun, of all the of all the bring him backs, I'm the most in on bringing back Deshaun Jackson because of the his stretch the field capabilities, and I don't think it's going to cost that much. Maybe a fifth round pick. I would love to give a fifth round pick for Deshaun. I think it'd be great. 
Devontae Parker, big game last night. I really hope Howie was watching. Because, like, Devontae Parker is your classic change of scenery, get out of that shithole in Miami, and turn into a good player. Like, he, like I was watching last night, and I was like, why the fuck was this guy ever buried? It doesn't make any sense. Like, he's good. He's legitimately good. Now, if you get him out of the bracket chip and with Carson, like, why wouldn't you? Th- I would If you can get him for, like, a sixth, get him. And he's basically benched for the last three weeks so like, I, I don't know i would take him jordan howard i, I still don't think it's going to happen i think they still believe in him i know it's not like he's not a big fit in Nagy's offense but i don't think Tariq cohen you can trust as being a, a three down back so I, will, I will i would say he's not likely uh chris harris i i, I don't see happening as well but it would be it's an, it's an interesting name he's a good player but I, I haven't really seen him being shot. Emmanuel Sanders is the guy that I would really love to get because you'd have him for this year and you have him for next year. It's a relatively cheap deal. Also, incredibly explosive. Um, third round pick? I'm in. Demarius, no. He's kind of contradictive with Alshon and has major drop issues and also costs a lot. He's unrestricted at the end of the year. I don't think he moves the needle here um, that much anyway so those are pretty much all the names and i am excited to see what how he does if i had to rank him my favorite would be emmanuel um just because i think he stretched the field but also be explosive um and hard to contain and him and alshon and him alshon and Ertz, i think can 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 get this offense going a little bit i I, i'm in on that um from nicholas Virgilis. Um, Jack, I need the help of the trustee to settle a problem I'm having with my jersey rotation. Two years ago, I purchased a white Brandon Graham jersey. I rotated with my green Fletcher Cox jersey for that season, and we missed the playoffs. The next year, I used the same rotation and gave BG the power he needed to save the Super Bowl. Needless to say, I retired the BG jersey this season. Trying to get ahead of the curve again, I ordered a black Dallas Goddard jersey. I have been wearing that and the Fletcher jersey as my rotation this year. So far, we are 0-3 when I wear the, the Goddard jersey. I am not sure how to move forward. Theoretically, if I continue with this rotation this season, we will miss the playoffs. But next year, we will win because of the Dallas Goddard game-winning touchdown catch. Do I need to sacrifice for the season and hang up the Goddard jersey, or I can, or I can continue the rotation and win it all for us next year? The one move I don't want to make is pulling the BG jersey out of retirement. Wow, this is a loaded question. This is the most difficult question I've ever gotten in in the Counterpoint mailbag. Because on one hand, I care deeply about this season. And missing the playoffs would hurt, but also there is precedent for it. I mean, there's there's been Super Bowl teams that that win the Super Bowl and then don't make the playoffs the year after. So uh, it's not crazy that it would happen. I think we're tanking the season. I think I think you I think you should keep the rotation, um, Nick. If they don't win the Super Bowl next year, I will find you. So figure it out. If they don't win it next year, um, it's on you. Season's over. Don't even watch anymore because of the Dallas Goddard jersey. Um, from Smarty Jones, nobody's mentioned the real key as to why the Eagles haven't replicated the 2017, uh, the success of the 2017 season. Uh, in week three of 2017, after losing Darren Sproles for the season, the Eagles signed Kenyon Barner to replace him. The team then went on a nine-game winning streak and ultimately won the Super Bowl. With little fanfare, Barner was allowed to become a free agent and start the season unemployed. After three weeks, the Patriots were scuffling along at 1-2 and two when they signed Barner. Since then, they're 4-0 and once again look like Super Bowl contenders. It seems to me that if the Eagles really want to solve their running back problems, they just need to call up the Pats and see what it would cost to get Barner back. While the first-round pick seems high for a player who was on the streets a few weeks ago, he clearly has a good luck charm and the key to repeat. Completely agree. Completely agree. Kenny on Barner. You're telling me Kenny on Barner is not better than Wendell Smallwood? I'm sorry, that's going to piss off Wingmane, but, like, when a small stinks, man. Like, I understand he runs hard, and like, but, I, like, he has no vision. I, I don't know. It drives me nuts. Kenyon Barner was the key to, key to success. So, Smarty, 
Good job pointing that out. Howie, I know you listen. I know it would be a lot to give up a first-round pick for Kenyon Barton. But just just consider it. Consider it, Howie. I don't want you to, 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 to render this year useless. So think about it. From Darian, no, can I cry on your shoulder since Barnett's is torn? Shout out to Derek Barnett because he may have just jumped jump started the season. While everyone else is jeopardizing the season, Derek Barnett is now done for the year. And what happened last year when players started getting done for the year? Good players started, started getting done for the year. Next man up. And maybe that was a jump start they needed. Saying, hey, we lost our brother Derek. We can't let him, we can't let this season go to waste for him. So shout out to Derek Barnett saving the Eagles season. Eagles by 30 on Sunday. Um, from John Barber. Do we need to get a guy on the inside to print uh, Doug's play sheet so it's a little blurry, thus ensuring that he always wears glasses? Yes. Anything it can do to make sure that Doug Peterson wears glasses again because it is getting frustrating when he had it all figured out. From Jason Curran, what did we do to deserve this? Well, we were really cocky for a lot of months after we won the Super Bowl. Everyone started writing books. Everyone was on media tours. Everyone got fat and happy. And they weren't ready to come back and win the Super Bowl again and and sustain a level of winning that it takes to win in the in the National Football League. Boom. From Mikey Good Times, are you concerned about Carson's clutch gene? No, I'm not concerned about Carson's clutch gene. He will figure it out. I I will bet on that guy to figure it out every single time. He is he is our savior. He will win us a Super Bowl, and I I trust him in every big moment ever. Yeah, he'll figure it out. I'm not worried about him. What's the line saying? So it's three. I thought it was going to be lower because both teams aren't really playing that well. But, man, they must not believe in the Jags, even though Bortles only plays good over in London. I I, I think it's an Eagles line. I, I, I told you I've been struggling this season. We're going to get back on track. Birds minus three is a, is a good bet. Talk to you next time.